Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. All right, welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. And we're gathered here once again for another great podcast. Absolutely. At the haunted dining room table. Yes. <laughs> Rachel's haunted dining room table. Right. And we have a guest. Yeah. We have Mandy from the Ghost Sisters, and she's uh, been on the show before. Oh, she looked familiar. With the, with the whole gang, but now she's, uh, apparently she held... She held out on us, yeah. and she's got more stories, Oh! and uh, I was watching her on Facebook Live, and they had a really cool investigation, and uh, there was some weird stuff going on there, wasn't it? A lot. So, Mandy, since the last time we spoke to you, have you been uh, been busy with investigations, or did the, the COVID kind of slow things down until recently? Oh, no. <laughs> it did not stop us. We yeah. have been out there a lot. <laughs> It never really stops then, eh? The, uh, the spirits are alive and well? Oh, yes. You've had some experiences. I think when we talked to you the last time, you told us some experiences when you were younger that kind of got you involved in this. Maybe you can just uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what was your interest in uh, getting into um, ghost hunting or spirit hunting? What happened was when I was younger, I was probably like 9 or 10, I started having um, weird occurrences happen around me, and you know, at that time, I didn't know what it was. I, I noticed, like, I just, I would hear things around me, and I would also notice I was um, actually started seeing, like, colors. I would see different colors, and I think they were orbs that I was actually seeing, and I didn't know at the time, you know, being so young. Mm -hmm. But I would just remember seeing these red, green, yellow, just, just little balls of light. And, you know, it's interesting because looking back now, it's like now I know that's what I was probably seeing was colored orbs, you know. Mm -hmm. And But that was just some of the things that was going on. Um, so... I, I can recall another time <laughs> I was so scared. I remember looking out the back window and I was uh, in the li living room with my sisters and brothers and we were watching TV. And I just remember looking up into the window and I seen, um, I don't even know what it was, but it was uh, a, the scariest looking face. And it kind of made me question, oh my gosh, what was that? I was terrified. Um, it looked like someone had, like, uh, had long, dark hair and just like a distorted-looking face. And I'll never forget it. And I didn't know, you know. I, I was scared. And I remember saying something to my mother about it, and she just kind of, you know, you're young, and maybe you've watched too many scary movies or, you know. So I just, I don't know. I didn't really tell my mom too much because... I didn't know if she was going to believe me or not, so I kind of kept a lot of things to myself. It, well, I would actually I'd say stuff to my sisters and see if they were experiencing anything. And they, they really didn't say too much. They might have heard like a bump in the night or something, but it wasn't to what my extreme was. Right. So as I become a teenager, I started um, hearing, I would hear things like more um, footsteps, and uh, spirit would mess with my radio a lot. My radio would go up and down. It was very strange. And I'm just thinking, I, I didn't even know what it was. I just, it just scared me. And so when I was probably 12 years old, 11 or 12, my brother was killed in 1990. And I was really close with him. And I started to realize that going on was happening. I started to realize it was him. Another way how I knew this was him was another occurrence that had happened, and I remember it very, very well. I was 19, 19 or 20, one of the two, and me and the kids were um, in the living room, and my kids' dad and his father was out in the garage working on the truck, 
And I was watching the Channel 8 Fox News, the channel that the, Simps the Simpsons came on this channel back then. It was the 1998s. And I'll never forget it. It was 5 o'clock. All of a sudden, my TV went black. Now, this is one of these old TVs with the big, you know, the hatch, the big back to them. Right. And my TV went black. And all of a sudden, my brother's name in white letters just started going crazy. It says, Sean, 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 uh -huh. Sean. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Right. And, and that day that this was going on, it was his birthday. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So... I go out to the garage and I get my kids' dad, who's a big skeptic, because I've had all kinds of things that was going on prior to that, too. And he's just like, Mandy, he just wasn't a believer. <laughs> I go out there and get him. He comes back in, and it goes right back to the Simpsons. And I'm like, I'm looking like I'm, I'm crying at this point, and he's not believing me. So he goes back out to the garage, and as soon as he walks back out there, it comes back on, you guys. And at this point, I'm like, okay, he's, I hope it stays on because he's going to think I'm crazy. So I go, I go get him. He comes back in, and it stayed on. Mm. This time for 45 minutes. Wow. And I'm not going to lie to you. When he came in and he looked at the TV, he was like, Mandy? He's like, I, I don't know what's going on. And he just sat down on the, on the chair. You're like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm so sorry, Mandy, because... I wanted to go plant flowers on his grave, and he couldn't take me mm. because he had he was working on the truck. And he said, like, "I'm so sorry." And he just thought maybe he he wasn't for sure what was going on. And his dad come walking in. He's like, "What's going on in here?" You know, he was an older man, and he goes, "Well, today is Mandy's brother's birthday, and he's he's deceased." And he turns around, looks at the TV, and he goes. I don't want a part of this. And he just turns around and walks out. <laughs> so me and the kids' dad just sitting there looking at each other like, we didn't know what to do, what to think. He's just sitting there just stunned. I mean, just completely stunned. He goes back out to the garage, and I call up my mother. She's freaking out. And she's like, don't leave. He might be trying to warn you and tell you something. Um, well, come to find out. It, after 45 minutes, finally it kicked off and the regular cable came back on. And, I mean, I was happy. I felt like, oh, my gosh, my brother's here with me. He's really letting me know he's been around. Back then in 1998, I didn't have a camera. I didn't have a cell phone. I couldn't record none of this. But I had two witnesses. And But prior to this happening, my house about caught, caught on fire a couple days prior. Um... I had an urge to rearrange my living room, and this day my friend was over visiting, and we both were getting this weird smell, and we walk into my living room, and my friend looks on the wall where the plug-in is and notices it's melted in. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what we were smelling. Right. But if I would not have rearranged my living room, uh, we would have never seen that the plug was on, you know, it was melting. So, uh, like I said, I had an urge for some reason. I had this urge to rearrange my living room. And my uh, entertainment stand was against the wall where the plug-in was. So, you see how I'm, what I'm saying? It all ties in. I had the urge to rearrange. I rearranged. When we got that smell, it was coming from the burnt um, plug-in. I ended up calling um, the fire department. They said if we would not have caught that, the house could have caught on fire. Right. And, and then, you know, it was like a couple days later, my brother's, mm -hmm. you know, letting me know he's here. His name's on the TV. It, it was strange, you guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. has your I'll never Has your brother visited you since that you know of? <laughs> well, and he was, he was letting me know he was around prior to that, too, because... Honestly, that TV, I thought something was wrong with the cable. Um, before um, that all happened, the TV was going to make him doing weird things. Like, it was showing up, like, different letters and numbers. I mean, it would go black, and letters and numbers would just go crazy. And I just thought, man, the cable's all messed up. What is going on? Mm. <laughs> um, my son, his toys go off. And I knew, I knew it was spirit. I knew it was. I didn't know it was my brother. Now, keep in mind, I, I didn't know at the time that I was a medium empath. And I was, like, just knowing that 
all this stuff was going on around me, and I knew it was spirit, but I didn't know how to control anything. I, I just was new to everything. And so I was getting signs that, you know, he was around, but I didn't know it was him until later. That's amazing. That, then, that is a cool story. So another occurrence I had was when I was 15 years old. Me and my father had lived in an apartment. And I remember I was laying down trying to go to sleep. I had school the next day. I remember feeling what I know now was a spirit had crawled into my bed and it scared me so bad that I would not go back in there and sleep at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that before, but I have multiple times. I didn't know at the time that's what it was, but I, I knew it was something. I, I recall it being something paranormal, but yeah, that was, I had weird things like this that happened to me a lot, and I, I learned as I got older what it was, what was going on. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was because you're a medium and you, you know you're very open to it, and yes, and they they yes. saw you as they saw you as a bit of a beacon, and they honed in on you, right? They did in multiple ways. As I I became older in my twenties too, like I mean I can recall. I would hear a lot of their voices. They, they would talk to me, and I actually thought I was talking to, like, another person. and Because I didn't know I wasn't the only one. I thought I wasn't alone. And it turns, it turns out that I was alone. It sounded like someone had come into my house and would talk. I just thought my brother or something would walk in. I, had a, I have another brother. And I just would be alone, but I never knew when my brother was going to walk in. And I remember hearing this man talk to me. And I'm talking to him like I would you guys, you know. And when I would go look, I was alone. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it was really creepy. Well, right. I mean, I've had my equipment turn on, like uh, my washer and dryer. I actually had, uh, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, my washer turned on for no reason at all. <laughs> I, I couldn't explain that. Yeah, they seem to mess around with the electronics quite a bit. And I think when you were younger and you described uh, seeing orbs in colors, because most people just see maybe a white orb. Like you said, you were young, you didn't know what was going on, and you probably thought that everybody, every kid probably sees that. I had no clue what was going on. I, I just know I was scared. I was scared a lot, and I did not like to be left alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that. I'm sure a lot of kids are like that, but I had this fear of being alone. Mm -hmm. I did not like it one bit, especially the house I grew up in. I, I didn't at all. I, I had a big fear. I think I was sensing spirit around me, and like I said, I was young and I didn't know at the time. Right. But I was, I was scared. At what age did you become comfortable with it and start, and start to accept your uh, clairvoyant gifts? I didn't even know I was all that. I mean, <laughs> I had so much that was going on around me. Um, I would say I just, probably three years ago, I discovered that the reason why I was experiencing all this was because I was very clairvoyant and an empath. But up until then, I just thought I was like anyone else having experiences in a haunted place, you know? But it, I did find it odd how every place I ever lived in was had something going on. Right. Well, we always they, we always say yeah. that ghosts are everywhere, right? Spirits are everywhere. Yes. You know, a lot of people say, "Well, I don't have any in my house," but that's just because they can't see them or sense them, right? Yep. And that's when I would say, "Well, let me come over." <laughs> <laughs> Stir the pot, right? Yeah. So I guess you don't oh, yeah. get you don't get invited over to a lot of parties then, do you? <laughs> yeah, actually I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are always interested in uh, Yes, they in, are now. <laughs> yeah, that's they right. Are. That's right. So then um, when did the whole Ghost Sisters uh, idea start? Ghost Sisters started would be three years ago in October and which were coming up on October. So I think it was on the 18th or something like that. Um, I decided to come up with um, a group. At the time, I didn't know it was gonna be just females. Um, it's very strange because I was just like excited just to build a group. I didn't know at the time, that, like I said, it was gonna be females. I had, I had 
two guys on the team, and I had the rest women. And I just remember um, thinking, after I went on my first big investigation, I was like, okay, this is going to be awesome. But I was going to actually keep the men on our team, and it was I was going to call it a different name. And I was just so close to doing it, and I don't know why. I think Spirit was telling me, no, don't. You need to leave this as a female team mm -hmm. and not involve the men, have the men behind us. And that's what we did for a long time. That was we had that, was that spirit a, that crawled into bed with you. That's the one that was telling you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but so anyway, you know, we just I just decided to uh, make it an all-female team. And we actually have no men on the team now. It's just all women. Well, not it started with I was always intrigued with the paranormal, having all these experiences. I wanted to learn more. Like, why is this happening to me? I want to go out there and find these answers. I wanted to know more. And I've always watched Ghost Adventures, Taps, you know, and I thought, wow, I'd love to do that one day. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, I was just like, I'm going to do this. Right. And here we are. Do you think that having an all-female team, that some of the spirits uh, are more comfortable with you than they would men? I think it does help because I feel like women are very sensitive. Right. You know, they really are. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And also because you don't see a group of uh, women, you always see all men are all men with one woman on the team. So I think that's another reason why I was felt I felt like I needed to have a female team. But I think there's more to come from this. Um, like I said, I don't want to say too much. I can't say too much right now. But I I know now that there's something bigger coming for this. You have a YouTube channel, is that? We have a YouTube channel. We're on all all social media, mm -hmm. Twitter, um, TikTok. But Facebook is our biggest one that we're on. So you hinted before, or you told me that you you had a lot more personal stories to tell, other than uh, your ghost sisters' uh, collaboration. Um, do you want to mm -hmm. do you want to tell us some of your more memorable paranormal tales? I had lived in Michigan in a house that looked like the Amityville Horror House, okay, <laughs> but a little smaller. <laughs> it really looked like that place. I used to drive up from Ohio to Michigan to uh, paint the house and get it ready. Had this overwhelming feeling that I was being watched. Every time I'd be alone and I'd be painting, I was in a hurry to get, get the heck out. I'll tell you that right now because it just felt like somebody was watching me. And so when we got the house ready, uh, we moved there to Michigan. And I'll never forget... Um, I, would, I was working second shift. I would come home, and I would be there with uh, my two older kids and my youngest daughter, and they would all be asleep, and you would hear someone walking around in my uh, dining room area. And there was another incident where I had taken a shower, and I remember getting out. And this was in the wintertime, and I literally watched the curtains, cold, like a cold breeze, just, it like went right through me, and then I watched my curtains, no joke, they went, huh. like, just fluffed, and I was like, oh my gosh, I knew, I knew it was a ghost, I, I considered it a ghost, I was like, this, this place is just haunted. That, that's that pervert ghost again. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, uh, my dog would act weird. Um, my son was having things going on in his room. He was starting to get really scared. Um, at the time, he would have been like 14 and 15. Um, my dog, he would not sleep alone. My son was having things going on. He would hear someone walking around in his room. He would be terrified. And he said, you know, my dog would be going crazy. And there was another incident where uh, my husband, he had just left for work. And the kids and I, we loved watching um, The Haunted. And they had, um, at the time, they were having haunted uh, pets or something like that on the Travel Channel, I think it was. And 
So when my husband would leave, I'd let the kids come down, the two older kids come down and watch it with me. So we thought he had left. We heard him pull out and he was gone. And I tell the kids, okay, come downstairs. <laughs> so they come downstairs and we're watching TV. And this is about 10, 10.30. And all of a sudden, you hear this car pull in the driveway. And I'm like, I'm like get upstairs. He's back. I'm like, I don't know if he forgot something or what's going on. I'm like, get upstairs, you guys, go, go. Kids take off running upstairs. They're teenagers, but, you know, they're running upstairs. I hear the back door open. You, Someone walks in, and I'm expecting for my husband to, to walk into the living room. I'm waiting and waiting, and I'm like, what the heck? And I'm like, Chris. I'm like, are you in there? Nothing. Nothing, you guys. <laughs> My kids. I freaked out. I look outside. I don't see anything. I go upstairs. I get all the kids. We go through the house. I mean, this is a big place. And we don't, nothing. No one's there. The kids and I were so freaked out by this that I had three kids, a great Dane, and me all piled into one room. <laughs> <laughs> the kids even heard the car pull in because they they jolted they knew they had to be in bed they had school and it freaked them out because they had also like i said they witnessed what i was witnessing but nobody was there so another time that's really freaky was in the same house in michigan um i had just taken my kids to school in the morning because like i said i worked second my husband worked third i come home crawl in bed, and all of a sudden, my alarm clock, we only used it as for alarm clock only. We didn't play music or anything on it. All of a sudden, you hear this voice come right through my alarm clock, and he, it was a man. He says, Mandy, this is, and I couldn't make out what the name was, and I am terrified, you guys. I put covers underneath me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this alarm clock talking to me. Second time, it says it again. Mandy, this is... I couldn't make out this name. <laughs> After it, it said it one more time, you guys, uh -huh. I had enough. I pulled the covers off my head, and I looked at this alarm clock, and I said, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one home. I called up my mother in Ohio. She's like, Mandy, you always have something going on. And I'm like, I'm not lying. She thought I was losing my mind. I call up my husband. He's at work. I'm like, you need to get home now. This, what if, yeah, I tell him what's going on. And he's just, he's, Mandy, you know, everyone thought I was crazy or losing my mind. But I swear to you, everything was going on that I'm telling you. And this place in Michigan was scary, crazy. And my kids would tell you the same thing. They remember. Mm -hmm. They do. Now, and, if something like that happened to you now, would you be okay with it? More accepting? Yes. Now I would be because I'm like, you know, because I do the paranormal now. Oh, then I, I, I was having so much going on and it, it was just so much to take in. And my kids and, and it was just my kids would have things going on. They were saying they were hearing things and my dog would act crazy. It was just a whole now. If I knew then what I know now. Mm -hmm. I would have been investigating my every place I lived in. Right. <laughs> did right. you ever, but, when, you, when you lived in this haunted house in Michigan, did you ever talk to the neighbors and ask them if they, you know, if yeah. anything had happened or try to contact the previous owners? Now, the lady we were renting from, she did tell me that her parents lived there, and I think they, they um, died there maybe. And the really weird thing was, you would also hear, like, somebody scooting on the floor. And I remember talking to her about this, about um, when she told me her parents had died and her father had to crawl because he couldn't walk. He had MS. Mm -hmm. He couldn't walk. And he would scoot on the floor. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her, hey, I think your parents are still there. Because <laughs> I, I didn't tell her this. Because uh -huh. it was really freaky to me. But I think it was her parents. And maybe they didn't like the fact that I had painted over the color that they oh, had. Yeah, you're, you're, you're renovating the home. 
So you've upset yeah. you've upset them. How long did you stay in that home? We were there for about a year, and we moved back to Ohio and and to another common location. <laughs> I'll keep going. <laughs> this alarm clock. When I was when we moved into the house, the farmhouse out in the country in Ohio, I remember plugging in an alarm clock, and this alarm clock started getting all staticky like it was getting ready to start talking again and I unplugged that thing and I, I got rid of it. I would not plug it back in after that. I was like, oh no, you're not talking to me no more. <laughs> no. Now you talked about your kids are, do they have any of the uh, talents of clairvoyancy or anything? Or Yep. And that's what got me on my mediumship path. Mm -hmm. um, my youngest daughter, she's 17 now, she started having experiences when she was probably 11 or 12. Um, I think she was when she was younger, but I was just kind of like, no, this is just a young kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but when she became 11 and 12, and everything she was telling me she was hearing, what was going on, I knew. I knew what was going on. Because I've heard voices in my ear, I know. And she was hearing... It started off mumbling noises to her. First she would hear humming, mm -hmm. and then she started hearing um, mumbling, and then she was able to hear, and then she started seeing them with her own eyes. They would come to her in a dream, and then she would see them. Hmm. So she's more, um, she's more, like she sees them with her eyes and she hears them. Mm -hmm. They talk to her. My gift is different. I can see them in my mind. Mm -hmm. I get images, flashes, and I can hear them where she sees with her eyes. Wow. Now, I have actually seen orbs, and I've seen pink orbs. This is when I'm older, too. I've seen pink orbs. I've seen blue. I've seen gold. Um, I've seen um, a black shadow figure, maybe twice in my life but as far as actually looking and seeing spirit like she does no she was having all these things going on with her and it was getting really bad so i kind of had to help somebody mentor her a little bit talk to her and explain her what's going on because i didn't know it's time how to help her and so as she's getting older, she's having more and more experiences. And I finally got a hold of this guy who ended up giving me a reading. And he was telling me, you know, you're gifted. And I've heard it more than once, but you're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, Andy, I'll help you. I can help you connect. You are a medium. You're also an empath. And I'm like, okay, all right. I need to help my daughter. But this helps me and I can help her, then let's do this. Mm -hmm. So he mentored me for a year, and I started doing readings, and I started learning how to tune in more, and, and just everything just started happening. So I would try to help her. You know, being a teenager, she doesn't, she doesn't want no part of it. She doesn't like her gift. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to embrace it yet. Hmm. But she will. sometimes, yes. She will. Huh? She will eventually. Yeah. I hope so, because I keep telling her, you are really gifted, child, and they're going to keep messing with you until you accept. <laughs> you just got, you just have to, um, you know, you have to put your boundaries up, you know? So I try to protect her, me, and my whole family from everything that I have learned in the past three years. Like, I went as far as buying her crystals for protection, you name it, I got everything. So... That's what got me into um, the mediumship and impact was to basically help her. And then I wanted to learn more about my gift and why I was experiencing everything. You did some, uh, if I remember from uh, when we had you on before, you do some automatic writing as well? Yes, um, I do spiritual writing. Mm -hmm. And I, it's interesting how that got started. Um, I didn't even know that I could do it. Um, some for some reason, I was online looking up things, and I came across spiritual writing, and I just thought, huh, I want to try this. I wonder if I can connect. And I did. And next thing I know, I was connecting right away, and I started doing it more and more. Um, and then it started to come to where a lot of my um, writing was matching up with what somebody I would be um, 
say, like if I was to do spiritual writing and I was doing it for one of you guys, and what I would receive was matching up with something, someone who had passed away, you know, um, on your side. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, it went from there. And then I had this feeling like I should do this when I'm out there investigating. Like it just all hit me. Like I feel like everything is going how it should and it's all happening the way it should for a reason. Because what, what I can do is I'll go into a place. I don't like to know a lot, but I'll take 10 minutes and I'll do writing to see what I get. And then as we're out there investigating, we try to see if that's, you know, matches up to what I get in my writing, like the name, a date, um, a location, what happened to the spirit, you know, just different things. So I honestly feel I was meant to come across this writing and try it and I practiced. And so now, like I said, it's just so easy. I just do it. I just connect really fast. How accurate do you think you are? I would say I'm probably... It really depends. It's, I always get one or two things. So I would say I'm probably 60-70% accurate at it sometimes. Right. It just really depends on um, the energies that I end up channeling with. Right. And sometimes so, it's it's not a spirit that's connected to that place. But they see you and they come in yes. and they want to give you information. And, and you know, you're writing all this stuff down. Yeah. But, but people say, oh, well, she's wrong because it doesn't pertain to the building. But it, like, it, like, it could be anybody, right? It can. And it's just like over the weekend when we were at this amazing place, I was connecting with multiple things and it wasn't just one particular thing. And I let everyone know, hey, I'm not going to just be channeling with this object here or this object. It could be, you know, whoever comes in this area wants to talk, who wants to channel through me. Right. Can you tell us about that investigation from last night? Because I was watching a little bit on your Facebook Live. And then I saw some of the photos today, and it looks like you've got some really cool in, uh, evidence and like some faces in. in uh, yeah, I'm still going through a lot yeah. of that stuff too. Um, well, I'll just tell you how this started. So about two weeks ago, I was contacted by a man um, from Bristol, Tennessee. He calls himself the caretaker. I know his full name, but he doesn't like you to give it out. So we're going to call him the caretaker because he is. All right. Um, he was had, they built this dragon portal table, okay? If any of you guys seen my Facebook, you would see that I've been posting um, the videos of the dragon portal table. Yeah. And what this is, it's the place where people come and do like seances. Um, he allows people who practice crafts, different kinds. It's like their little safe haven where they can be themselves and, and you know, do their seances and open up, whatever. Um, the portal stays open. It never shuts down, which is scary, but it does. That's how they do it. Um, they allow whatever to come through. They do not discriminate. So whatever comes through the portal comes through the portal. So I was contacted. Um, there is a researcher paranormal group that goes to the shrine. They meet up on Wednesdays, and they've been doing this for 10 years. The dragon portal table is only like a year and a half old, and it weighs 7,000 pounds, you guys, oh. and you'll never see another <laughs> like it. It's amazing. I mean, it lights up, and it's it's got like a fire. They light it up, and fire's all around it, and dragons on it, and it, it's amazing. It's cool. But um, so what happened was he contacts me because the researchers, they couldn't figure out what was going on. Everybody was feeling um, something was agitated one of the spirits was agitated and everything was going crazy for the past two or three weeks so the caretaker was like okay i'm taking matters into my own hands here and i'm going to look for some medium who could read objects or maybe read me tell me what's going on and he was um he said he found my name from a paranormal podcast from the uk they had actually given him six names and ghost sisters was one of them <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> so he's watching my mediumship page and Ghost Sisters, and he's like, okay, I'm going to contact her. I like what I'm seeing here. And he contacts me on my mediumship page, and he's like, Mandy, blah, blah, blah. He explains what's going on. And I'm like, oh, wow. I said, I've read one other time an object before. Um, I can try to see what I get, you know. And so we set it up. 
We do, it wasn't live because, you know, Facebook won't allow you to add another person no more when you're live, which I wish they would. But, um, so we just did a video over Messenger. They, uh, it was just him and one other guy. So what they do, they walk me through the cave where, and where the dragon table is. And I tell them what I'm getting. And I, I mean, it was really weird because I was picking up on this, some type of like, I never seen this before. The image I was getting of a man with long hair, and like a dark coat, like a, I don't know, he, he looked ancient to me. He didn't look like he was from around this time. And I was telling them, this is what I'm getting. And I got the letter D and they're like, wow, okay, okay. And I told them, I said, I said, stop right there in front of that table. I said, cause he stands right there. And they said, you're right. This is where other mediums have said, they've seen this man you're talking about stand right here. And then we go on and on, and then they walk through this cave, and the cave is said to have um, what is said to be uh, evil, something evil. And the guy points the camera into this corner, and I said, leave it right there. I said, I am getting images of this dark figure walking back and forth, just pacing back and forth, and he's got red eyes. And that guy goes, Mandy? You are right. This place right here, the spot you told me to stop, there has been more than two or three people have said the same thing, you, that seeing someone pacing back and forth something black with red eyes. And so after I was telling him that, the next thing I, that popped in my mind that I seen was a sword. I got an image of a sword. And I'm like, um, I'm getting an image of a sword, you guys. I don't know why, but I'm getting this image. They go... Mandy, oh my gosh, that is exactly what it is. Two or three weeks ago, we removed a sword off the dragon portal table that has been on that table since we built this. We removed it two or three weeks ago, and that's when all this chaos started. So they forgot to put the knife back on the table for the past two or three weeks. So everybody's having weird dreams, this entity was just causing chaos, you guys. So they hurry up and go get this sword. They put it back on there. Half an hour goes by of talking about more things, and they both right away was like, it already feels 80% better in here. So the, the next day, the caretaker messages me. He says, Mandy, he goes, I think we, we ended up solving the problem here. I think that's what it was, and that he wanted to please this entity, and he thinks that might have helped, and it wanted the sword back on the table. So he said he felt the presence of the entity come into his room, but it didn't cause no problems. It came, and then he said it left. He said it was like its way of saying, you, you have pleased me by putting the sword back on the table. Hmm. So... Um, anyway, um, that happens, and we're talking, and next thing you know, he's, we're talking about us girls coming there, investigating. I was like, he wanted me to come and do more of the spiritual writing. I said, look, we'll come. I can do the spiritual writing, and I'll see what I get. And he invited us. You can only go to this place if you're invited. Oh, wow. Huh. This man collects haunted objects you guys from all around the world oh my gosh i've seen things that i've never seen in my life <laughs> it was amazing um so anyway he invites us and there's only been four teams that he's allowed to go there and we were number five now this is within a 10-year period a 10 or 15-year period there's only been four teams so they were really excited about us coming and I told him, I said, well, we'll get a hotel. He's like, no, you girls can stay here if you want. And he goes, I'm going to tell you right now, baby, no one has ever been able to stay here. And he's had that place, I think, for more than 20 or 25 years. <laughs> and everyone who's ever been there could not be in that place long because they said it was too active. They had to leave. Mm. Men. We're too scared to sleep there. <laughs> so this got us excited. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is a challenge. We're going to do this. Well. So we went. We got there at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
As soon as I got out of the um, SUV, I'm like, oh, man. I felt spirit on me, and I'm like, oh, gosh, whoa, whoa. I felt like this. You felt like off best the whole time. Just imagine walking into, um, like, you ever been in one of those little clown museums where the mirrors make you look weird and oh, yeah. you start to fall? <laughs> yep. That yep. is what this place made you feel like, okay? The caretaker, he also keeps the balance in line. So he knows there's bad things there, but he knows there's good things there. So he keeps the balance. And, and when this knife was removed, it didn't even dawn on him. Everything went crazy. And the balance was all over the place. So um, anyway, we get there. We go inside. And I am just like this the whole time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. The other two girls, I'm like, are you guys feeling this? My friend who's a skeptic, she says, yeah, I feel really off balance. And I mean, you guys, she's a big-time skeptic. And she was experiencing something that she couldn't explain. <laughs> well. and, but there's a weird um, multiple areas. You have the cave. You have the dragon portal table. You have, there's like three places. The whole place is a portal. I'll just say that. The whole place is a big portal. And there's um, areas that we couldn't even go live in or take pictures. They have one of the little china dolls. And they call her the um, Kara or something like that, the Okara. Hmm. And she is the mother of, um, I guess, the mother of all the spirits there. She, like, keeps them all in line. Hmm. Now, this doll was, like, this big. Probably, <laughs> I don't even know, maybe I'd say six inches long. That's how little the doll was. Okay. And she had real hair. Real hair, you guys. <laughs> Unreal. What's with, what's with creepy dolls? <laughs> we couldn't go in there, take pictures or anything, because it was very, um, it's a ritual of theirs, of the Japanese. You can't, it's disrespectful to take pictures of this or okay. anything. So there was like two or three rooms you couldn't do that in. Hmm. But this was in an area where our bedroom was, you guys. I mean, this was off the chain. <laughs> They had another area across from there, all in the same area, but just all in one room, where the mirrors were. Now, I can't remember what it's called. It's like a synchronizing, I think. That's where you sit in front of a mirror. Scrying. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> so we built this area, and we had an experience in there. I did. I was, uh, if you watched that video, um, I, I was live, I was staring in the mirror, I could, t I could see myself changing, it was weird. I started to feel like I was going into a trance. I'm like sitting there, and I'm having, I, I felt spirit around, and this place scared me really bad. I did not like being alone in this place, but I did an isolation because I wanted to I wanted them to interact with me, even though I was scared to death. So everyone's like, they kept seeing a shadow behind me walking. And I thought I'd seen it out of the corner of my eye. And I even said out loud, I'm like, I don't think I've just seen a shadow there. And, you know, and at that point, everyone's like, there's something behind you. I'm like, okay. I'm sitting there. Now my sister has my phone. She's watching me from downstairs i was all alone upstairs they were on the other side of the building watching this live and everybody's talking there's something behind you there's something behind you and i'm just so relaxed and i'm like i feel i'm like i feel so calm so relaxed and then my heart rate started going up and i'm like but i, I still feel really relaxed and then i look at my phone and i get this message on the live feed and it's my sister she says mandy Get out of there. <laughs> How do you react to this? You know, I'm like, what? I said, I said, Chastity, quit messing with me. Come on now, I'm doing an isolation. And then she, she messages again. I'm serious. Get out of there. I'm like, get up here and get me right now. I'm like, I'm freaking out, you guys, because I'm already feeling the spirit around me. But when they're, they're watching and seeing it, too, it really hit me. 
and I, I was froze in the chair. I could not get up and move. I was scared to death. We had two candles lit. If I would have got up and ran, I would have knocked his stuff over. And then, you know, the Japanese spirits would have really hated me. So, yeah, it turns out you could see something moving back there behind me, and nobody was up there but me. Wow. Nobody. Um, so I, I did panic. I ain't going to lie. It was interesting. Uh, I would do it again and um, just to, you know, capture that evidence. But it, it was really an experience because I've never done that before in front of a mirror. Okay. So the caretaker was happy with uh, your investigation and everything? Yes. He was so excited when I did the writing. Um, we got out the witch's box and, you know, we were live. I did a writing. Um, we did it on the portal table, the dragon portal table. They had the witch's box. And me and my sister took that apart. And then I did 10 minutes of writing. And I asked the spirit, well, actually, I asked the uh, witch box if there was any, any, um, anyone who wanted to connect with me, um, what the witch box wanted. You know, because the caretaker said, I, I want to know what this box wants. I feel like this box wants something. Maybe you can get something. So I would ask. And I, I ended up getting this name, a Japanese name. It ended up being, um, the name that I got was J-A-N-I-S-E. I don't know what it was. They, they looked at, they're looking into it and trying to see what it is. They're doing more investigation on that name. Then I got a woman. Her name was Sarah. She said she was 19 and she had died in 1988. And I kept getting help. She just, this lady would not put, I was writing out, help, help. Well, I found out later through the night that there was a woman who was actually killed, they believe, um, either on the property or by the property. And she was a hitchhiking, she was hitchhiking and was picked up and killed. And she was 19. And they didn't know what her name was, but I got the name Sarah. I don't know if that's actually the name or not, but that's the name that came through. And so they thought that was really interesting that I, you know, I was able to get some things. And, what, is, um, what is this witch box that you're telling us about? Like, uh, the witch box is, uh, it's, it looks like a puzzle. The caretaker had found it years ago in a abandoned um, witch house. These witches live there. And he actually, I don't know how he actually got to go there. I don't know if he just come across an abandoned house and it was an old witch's house. White witches live there, and he found the box, and he's kept it, and never knew, you know, what it, what it meant, and it has different descriptions on it, and um, I ended up posting it on my site, and all these people shared it, and it had um, pagan, um, just multiple crafts that were um, on these boxes, because once you opened it up, you had four boxes down inside, and they they came apart, and you had this centerpiece with all this um, weird descriptions around, like numbers and letters. And what I ended up finding out, um, basically, it wasn't a bad um, omen or anything. It was for protection, and they believe I think it was a medicine doctor or something. Um, for protection for that person, for that person who was into that craft. So I had multiple people saying, don't open it. If you do, it's this and that, you know. But then I'd have another person telling me, no, no worries, you'll be fine. And honestly, when we opened the box, I did not feel um, scared at all. Now, my sister, she was nervous. She was like shaking, like, oh, my God. <laughs> when you walk into a place like that and you come out, uh, you obviously don't want to take anything home with you. Is there uh, some form of protection that you do when you leave? Honestly... Or um, you were supposed I, to do and you forgot all about it? No, we didn't forget, <laughs> but the caretaker promised, he said, None, nothing that's here, it will follow you. It's not allowed. Every Everything has its place here. They will not follow you. Now, do you remember how I was telling you the whole time I was there, I was feeling off balance? 
Yep. This went on all weekend. It did not go away. Hmm. It was bad. But they, he said that the, the spirits are there, and they will not follow you. And honestly, I don't think they did because I don't feel like anything got attached to me. I don't feel any difference. And I would know because I, I would know I have had this happen to me. Um, just everything feels the same. Mm-hmm. And it's an experience that I will never forget. I've never been to a more haunted location. And I've been to a lot of places. And this place was the most haunted for us. Well, tell- and we have been able to go back. You tell him that he needs to invite a Canadian group down next. <laughs> he, he actually gives me permission to come back. And if someone was to contact him, and then he'll contact me and say, okay, Mandy, this so-and-so team right. that knows you who contacted me, you know, he'll ask me about you or he'll probably check you out. But he would... Then make his decision. Well, when they when they open the borders back up, we'll be definitely looking at a road trip for sure. <laughs> you guys, you have to get a hold of me, and I will definitely meet you guys there because I'm going back um, another time. We are going to the old Pittsburgh hospital on the 28th of August. Okay. And we're actually going to swing by there and give the other people that's going to be with me, let them get a tour of the place. Wow. Yeah, we, we were supposed to go to Bobby Mackey's in April, and that's just when all the COVID started, and we had to cancel, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Before we wrap up, uh, I usually get names when, you know, when people are talking about spirits and everything, and when you're talking about your brother, the name Mark popped into my head. Do you have a Mark connected to you? The name Mark does come up a lot in my writings. Okay. And... I, there's probably a guy who followed me from one of the jails named Mark because I actually got a name Mark that came through when we did, we did a investigation at the Bryan, Ohio jail. Okay. And there was a Mark and I, I think he, he's probably here with me. Cause it came in pretty fast and pretty strong. So I wrote it down right away cause I thought maybe it was connected to you. So I had to ask. He probably is. There's well, no doubt in my mind. I've got multiple spirits here. Right. <laughs> how do people uh, find you? Once again, you're on social media everywhere. Uh, let people know how, to, how they can get in touch. We are on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Our biggest one is Facebook. You can message us on Facebook if you need to contact us with um, anything you might have going on around. Uh, we will travel. We've been known to travel far, but um, if anyone's around the Ohio area and, you know, you have some strange things going on that you can't explain, you can contact us on our Facebook. And you're the only ghost sisters around, right? That is correct. All right. (laughs) Very cool. Mandy, thank you once again. We're going to have you back on uh, because it sounds like you're going to have a lot more stories for us, especially if you Mm -hmm. keep going to these crazy places. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Mandy. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.